two, one. I'm going to put on the Ranger game. Oh, Milwaukee fans are about to hate me. I know this is crazy to say. You're going uh, 0-2? Think, yeah. Whoa! I love it. The reason I'm saying they're going 0-2 is I'm not buying Milwaukee right now. I, I, I hyped them up so much this season. Still a chance out in front and breaks Klein kindly at the back post. And it's tucked away by Wiedebach. Second effort, top corner, Ben Raymond. I mean, that's a fantastic strike from distance. And nothing thus far has shown me that I was right. Carvalho looking for the hat trick. Shot back to him and there's the hat trick for Carvalho. Leading the charge on the counter attack, Ricardo Carvalho. Talent-wise, they are one of the best teams. They haven't been putting up the numbers that they should. At the end of the day, that hurts the team. So right now, I'm just not buying Milwaukee. A 1v1, and it's a goal. And it's a fourth goal of the night for Carvalho. What I am buying is that Dallas can turn up. I, I just think the Hollows are just, they're flying right now. Hey, turning, Morales, he's the man, and he puts the Outlaws back in front. You know, Morales has just been, man, he's just, Lighten it up, right? Uh, you yeah. start getting Dantas rolling. Mendez marching in. Dantas back post. We're tied at six. Vinny Dantas. Dantas driving it and scoring. Pollo the assist. Vinny Dantas has back-to-back goals. The Outlaws up seven to six. Welcome back to Goals and Boards. It's the first time this year, a new year, 2024. I'm always your host, Gio. With me, Mr. Phil Ivanko and Brad Crosley, the best co-host that I could find. No, I'm kidding. The best co-host. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm nice. kidding. I'm kidding. I, I, I have to come out swinging. I felt like I, I've been attacked today. <laughs> what, what, pray tell, could you possibly be, what, what could be the cause? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is a new year, new energy. I'm excited. I'm excited for the season to keep going. How did you guys spend the New Year's? The holidays, I should say. Phil, let's um, talk with you because you've been gone forever now. It feels like it. What do you mean yeah. I've been gone forever? I, I I went I went home. I went I went back to New York City. Uh it was a little little crowded in there, which is why I couldn't do any podcasting or anything like that didn't didn't feel like explaining to my folks what i was actually trying to do so decided to take the week off but uh you know watched all the games had my takes on msl monday good show and by we're the back way. good episode this week by the way oh thank you it was Great episode. it was brad how'd you spend the the new year's just a quiet new year's for us had a nice uh dinner out um, and, uh, then just, just chilled at home. Too many crazy people out on New Year's. <laughs> I, I've seen too many crazy things over the years, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, I hear that. I hear that. I too stayed at home. We were, we were, we we're easy, easy, laid back holiday. Michaela, I, I don't remember Phil being on here, given the outlaws props l- last week. I Do I need impressed. to make another video? I did. Uh, no, me no, giving no. the outlaws props for an entire season. 
No, no, that 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 before last week doesn't count. <laughs> Anything in 2023 does not count. Yeah, this, this is a new year. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. No, awesome. No, I'm I'm glad we're all here. I'm glad to get get ready to start this new year, which isn't isn't even the halfway of the season. But hey, more indoor is better. Uh, Phil, do hey, you want to kick us off? Go ahead. Before we get started, before we get started, can I just give? Phil, a huge compliment. I want to compliment Phil. Go ahead. You are looking unbelievably dapper in your goals and board shirt. That's right. That's That's right. I think that was that was our New Year's resolution, right? To have merch, right? What what sort of podcast? Like there's there's three what the holy trinity of a podcast, right? You need to have some sort of ridiculous background. Right. You need to sort of tell the world that you have a podcast and then you need to make merch. Right. So this is the the first in steps of our of our podcast revolution or podcast illusion. Your podcast illusion. Oh, you reminded me, Phil. I should tell those aside from the merch, we also have a YouTube channel that we would appreciate for you to subscribe, share, hit that notification bell. Because we're we're growing, and I I want to keep growing. Thank you for that, Phil. That was my cue. No to, problem to say that. <laughs> All right, let's jump right into it. Phil, do you want to walk us? Well, let let's start. Let's start. Let's have you start with uh, with our first topic of the day. Because so, this is a heavy hitter. Well, okay. Well, no, you you have to introduce the whole thing properly here, Geo. Fine. It's 2023. We have to start the podcast off to it's 2024 and we have to start the podcast off with the sports radio cliche that everyone does in january right so we're going to talk about the storylines heading into this year in the masl the old hackneyed sports radio bit i'm doing my inner wfan is chirping right now (laughs) that we get to do this stuff so the first thing I wanted to sort of bring up, because these are going to be storylines that we're going to hear throughout the year, right? And the first one, and I think it's the biggest one on the topic, and we're coming out swinging right away, and it's will the major arena soccer league fix their visa issues? Now, it's a little bit of a trickier one for me to talk about as I sort of, you know, shill for the league, of course, right? But I'll do my best to sort of jump in when I can. I I, I know... Uh, you know, back when uh, I first started working with Utica City and, you know, we we all knew sort of visas were to be a problem because of the league status within sort of the U.S. government. And, and since that point, it's well, I, I, I it's obvious to say it's gotten worse, not better. So I'm going to toss it to you guys. Brad, you can kick us off with this conversation. And it, it like I said, it's a big one. Are they going to fix their visa issues? So the short answer is no. Um, (laughs) Basically, no. Uh, Like you said, Phil, this has been an issue since the league's been around. Um, It was interesting to me. I think it was last year the league put out that press release or whatever it was about how they're making strides in the visa issue and they're it's going to get much better and teams aren't going to have issues. 
Uh, well, that hasn't been the case, right? I mean, you look at teams across the league, whether it's Utica, whether it's Empire, whether it's Baltimore, whether it's Milwaukee, Harrisburg, you name it, every team is feeling this. And when you're trying to grow a league, you're trying to grow a fan base, you want to put the best product on the field that you can. And unfortunately, this hampers uh, this, right? Um, you know, um, I, I'm fortunate enough here in Baltimore to, um, you know, know some of the players here and, and and some that are having visa issues. And, you know, it, it, it's, it not only hurts on a professional level as far as the teams, but it also hurts on a personal level for the players, right? This is their, you know, this is how they feed their family. So it's, it's, it's a tough situation. And unfortunately, um, and again, just some things that I've heard and, and know in reference to this topic that no, it's, it's not getting any better, unfortunately. So Gio, you, you can chime in, but I want you to sort of shape your answer to with the follow-up question, which is how big of a, a, of a issue is it for the league? Well, yeah, I I was kind of heading that direction. I was heading that and how does the league fix it? But we'll answer this first. I think it's it's a huge it's a huge dent to specific situations like when Monterey travels, when Chihuahua travels, right? Or when certain international players that do have visas can't travel or they can't get the visa to travel to Mexico. So that I think is where we see some of that the pain points where it's like you don't get to see the true like Monterey take on Baltimore or Monterey take on Milwaukee right and then the other aspect that is it's super I think it's it's a pain point for fans is when teams sign a player and then they can't play because they can't get the visa or the player can't return after developing a relationship with their teammates their fans and blase blase because of the visa situation. So I, I think everyone suffers and I know the owners are doing what they can, but you know, there are things that, that could help the situation. So to my second point is how does the league fix it? It's not an easy fix, right? We have a lot of things up in the air election years coming up. How's that going to affect everything? Um, yeah, I, I should ahead. stop you for one second and say none of us are immigration lawyers. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> you know, so like I, I know I graduated with a TV degree. So anything I'm about to say on this topic is a pile of mush. So with that sort of prism going forward, I toss it to you, Gio, and, and who and it probably doesn't have a TV degree um you know no to I continue don't. your answer <laughs> no I, I i'm just saying not legally speaking right more, more so reputationally speaking for the league right the 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 owners just need to show when anytime i i say this because i've been through the immigration process whoever the sponsor is or whoever is those that are applying for the visa they need to show a certain level of reputation or sustainability when you can prove that stuff, it helps your case. So my point is that the teams and the league just needs to continue growing and continue to show that this is a serious league. So when they do make those applications, lawyers look at it more than once. Yeah, I, I think sort of it's it's probably the biggest issue. 
for the league going forward because we want the best players in this league because the easiest way to grow it too is with talented you know players on the field right and it doesn't matter where they come from we want them to come from all over the world right and we yeah. want them to sort of exhibit their talents and use indoor soccer as a stage to sort of like you said Brad sort of feed their family right um and if we can help them as a league sort of you know, be the entry point there in, into a career, you know, playing the sport. Um, yeah, you know, it's to me, it's sort of the biggest, it's the biggest issue going forward with the league. And I hope, um, and I, and I, you know, I, I know nothing, right. As I said, right at my, my preface of, you know, my spectacular, uh, piece of paper from a small liberal arts college in Dutchess County, New York, but, you know, I, I just I I think and I hope that the league, you know, the senior officials, the leadership committee, um, you know, they're they're doing their best. And and you're right, Brad, that sort of you know, that press release was probably more hopeful than it was factual, I think, in anything else. Um, but you know, it's 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 gonna be an issue going forward, and I think we're gonna be talking about it a lot in 2024. On to the next topic, Gio, and I'll kick it your way. We'll go back and forth here. Um, probably, you know, obviously not an issue, right? Because it's, it's. I would say it's the most polarizing topic around the MASL, and that's where the games are broadcast, right? We, we have this exclusive deal with Twitch. So my question to you for 2024 is, is Twitch going to be the broadcast provider or broadcast answer moving forward? So <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when we were in the in our chat, a lovely little chat, I, I posed this question, right? Because my feelings at the time were not good about Twitter. <laughs> or Twitch. They, or sorry, uh, Twitch, not Twitter. Twitch. Um, just given the content that was it was feeding direction it looked like it was going to go um questionable content i'm like does the league really want to associate itself with the type of content that lives on this platform right and then about two weeks ago amazon started pumping all their you know nfl stuff all their <laughs> sporting all their sporting stuff through twitch i'm like hmm and then you really start thinking about the future of TV, right? Cable TV is always, it's been a question recently with all these streaming platforms and everything. So it's, I don't think it's the best answer for them going forward. I think it's the answer that's working right now. And, you know, if they get a better TV deal, yeah, sure, sign it, but don't leave out the possibility of signing a deal with a streaming platform either, because that could be the direction viewership is kind of heading anyways. So I, I think for now it's, it's a good answer for the maybe next two, three seasons. Take that time to build the platform, the, your, your broadcasting, because that's really the biggest question is most of these teams or a mix of the teams have good broadcasters and some have questionable broadcasting. So I, that, that's, I say that just to say, for now it is. So, Brad, it looks like Geo punted the question, so I will sort of turn it back your way. 
So my short answer is no. Yeah. It is not the path forward. Uh, Phil, you you know you'll always get a you'll always get an answer from me, buddy. Um, <laughs> the answer is no, right? Um, you know we've had we've had broadcasts on YouTube, we've had broadcasts on Twitch. Um, you know people have preferences here and there what they like better. Um, personally, Facebook, no, I don't. It was the Facebook season as well, right? Right, Facebook season. Uh, no, Twitch is not the answer moving forward, right? Um, the 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 league again in their in their in their uh, you know will to expand. Uh, they they need a TV deal, right? They need to bring in they need to bring in some revenue. They need to bring in some sponsorships. They need to um, put a professional product out there. And again, this can intertwine with the issue we just talked about at the top of the show, right? Um, the league has to build a reputation as a professional organization and a professional league putting out a professional product. And um, like Gio said, some of the broadcasts are, are well done, some not so much. So, um, yeah, moving forward, Twitch is not the answer. The league needs to find some, some sort of TV deal, whether that's on your – you know, standardized, you know, cable, or if that's on a, a uh, pay-per-view provider or a streaming platform, whatever the case may be, uh, I just don't think Twitch is the answer. Gio, you want to dump in before I get really TV nerdy? Well, I, I was just gonna, before Brad said a TV platform, I, I was going to say, I was going to ask, like, you know, why, why not a, a streaming platform, right? I mean, MLS is doing it. A lot of other professional leagues are going in a direction. But that was before he said that. So took the the wind right out of my sails. Yeah, and I'll sort of address Steve's comments in one foul, in, in one swoop here, because I, I sort of agree with parts of what you're saying, Steve, and I'll sort of blow it out as well. I, I don't, you know, I, I sort of tend to agree that Twitch is really just the medium and the problem and 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 I think what we want to see is just more consistency across the broadcasts within the league. We want to tune into every game and get quality television angles. We want to get quality cameras. Um, we want to get a consistent stream uh, with replays and and graphics and look like a professional sort of broadcast. So I think I land probably in between and and, and kind of where Steve is going with. I think it's a call for more consistency from the broadcasts, uh, which are produced by the teams, right? There's not an overarching sort of production company, to your point, Geo, that MLS sort of subcontracts, right? They have a production company that they have hired to produce all the games every weekend, which is, you know, a, a sort of a standard tactic when you're a national sort of league. Um, it's different for NBA and MLB and NHL because of regional TV contracts and what have you. So like I said, I'm about to get into the weeds real quick here. Um, but for the, N the, the NFL and MLS, like you talked about, right, um, you know, it's it's th those are production companies that have sort of taken over um, and they've hired the broadcasters and the camera angles. That's why everything sort of looks consistent. Um Twitch for me, it's not it's not my favorite. I'll be honest with you, um, but the the need for a quality sort of broadcast. If we want to see some sort of TV deal, I, I I know that there are 
content providers out there. You named one Amazon, you know, there's ESPN plus there's CBS out there, you know, NBC's got Peacock. Um, the league has to hit their broadcast minimum standards. Um, to even consider doing that, which will inquire, which will require investment. So as a TV guy myself, um, you know, Sid, so you, you touched on something interesting. A big streamer network deal requires a much better league wide attendance. I, I push back on that one because there's been production companies that have sold like, you know, tag and yeah. cornhole to ESPN. And, and, you know, if you read, the MASL message boards. It's like, I believe Cornhole is on ESPN and not, um, you know, MASL, but you got to really look at sort of the quality of production. Um, and that's sort of where it, it comes down to. Um, so, so, you know what I watched? You know what yeah, I watched? The other, jump in, the jump other in. Night? You know what I watched the other night, not to interrupt you? It was pillow fighting. Have you seen yeah. this? Oh, yeah. I, I imagine it's something from the Ocho, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Pillow fighting, Geo. Yeah. Like with pillow? They're in a ring hitting each oh other my. with pillows. Oh my. <laughs> well, so that's an investment, right? about being more money, it it's it's really not. It's not more money than some of these teams are paying now for broadcasts. It the technology has advanced so where you can sort of streamline the productions and really make a quality production for what they're paying for now or less. And we have to sort of open up the club's eyes to this as well, because production and, and, you know, there, there's camera equipment out there. That's, you know, the size of this water bottle that'll shoot you 1080p video that you can stick anywhere. Really. You can stick inside the goal if you want now to pillow fighting and to, you know, cornhole, and all these Ocho things that can get on ESPN, but MASL cannot, there is a challenge, right? There's two countries worth of arena that you have to figure out how to get a quality broadcast out of. So it's not without its sort of tricks and, and challenges. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, if, you know, even smaller hockey league, second division hockey, the AHL, third division hockey, the ECHL, they've got there, right? So it's it's a it's incumbent on the league to sort of you know i i hope the broadcast standard raises is probably what i'm trying to say before we even consider sort of leaving twitch as a program and because some of the games have been great too like you know i remember the game last year at kansas city that had half a million people watching it you know yeah. on like a random sunday night right which is fantastic for the league yeah. um okay so that puts aside the you know, off field sort of stuff. So I guess we can go geo to the on field storylines, right? Which is sort of unfolding before us throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're, 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 these are two teams and, and, you know, there's a bunch of storylines, whether it's, you know, players, teams that we may or may not be convinced. And two of those teams are Utica and Texas, right? And before you at me, Michaela, let let it, let us talk through 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 Texas, right? <laughs> the biggest questions around those two are: Are they for real, right? Utica has is currently undefeated. Uh, the Texans are entering what is now a three-game winning streak. But again, P 
people will ask Utica has been playing heat. They've been playing Baltimore who hasn't been in the best, best shape. Texas. Yes. They played Dallas, but Dallas did beat them in the first, their first, uh, yeah, their first matchup. So it, it, there's, there's questions in the airs and there's legitimate reason for those questions. So I want to bring it to us here and ask us, are these two teams for real? And Brad, let's start with you. Let's start with Utica. So Utica, look, we we did a little segment on Utica before. We, we did some contender, pretender things. Um, I had um, Utica as pretenders at this point. Um, my view still hasn't changed just for the fact that they just played Harrisburg again. Um, this month of January will give us a good look at whether Utica is for real or not, right? They're going to play some much better talent, and we'll see where they are at the end of the month. So my view on Utica has not changed um, since last week when we talked about this. Um, you know, they're winning the games they should win, which, which you need to do. Don't get me wrong. And they're playing really well. I'm not taking anything away from them. Um, they're getting, you know, secondary scoring, which they really need. Tayu has started to come on now, started to score, get some points. Coughlin's been amazing in the goal as as he has been all season. So I'm not taking anything away from Utica. I just need a bigger sample size against some more quality uh, opponents. Um, as opposed to Texas, who um, I, I think they're for real. Um, I think they've had a little better, uh, a, a much better sample size again against some better teams, you know, they beat Kansas City, they beat, beat Milwaukee. Um, even though Milwaukee isn't playing the greatest, they're still very, very talented side. So, um, you know, you got the young guns flying for Texas, but they also have Dantas starting to roll. Um, Pollo's back in the in the in the net. So, uh, my answer for Texas is yes, I believe they are. Phil, uh, uh, I didn't know Brad was going to jump into both of them right off the bat, but but. I want to I want to get a Utica's fan perspective, right? Because you know you follow the team, you're a little bit more intimate with the players, it, and maybe even the coach. I'm not sure, but you know, not the coach, no. Okay, well, not the coach. Then. <laughs> I want to get I want to get your take on them. What do you think about this team? My take is sort of alluded to what I said on Monday, which is we're going to find out everything in in January. I don't think they're going to come out of January um, looking super positive is probably the best way to put it. I think the quality of games have increased. And I think that, you know, we're going to see the holes that we, we had before the season. Right. And, and that first game with Harrisburg, right. Where we sort of was like, Oh, I don't know. You know, I think Harrisburg sort of taken a step back since that game and, and Utica's really sort of feasted on, um, well, Baltimore also, you know, we thought Baltimore would be better than what they are as well. So, you know, it, it's really a question of quality of opponent right now for Utica. And I do think sort of, um, you know, once they get out of this month, they're going to really sort of, um, you know, we'll see their holes pretty quickly. Um, the ones that we had from the, from the, from the preseason too, you know. Do you, do you do you think this? I, I know either one of you can answer this, but do you think them playing Baltimore and Harrisburg helps them 
build their confidence to take on those tougher opponents, or do you think it gives them a false sense of hope? No, I don't. I don't. They, they. I know that they feel like they deserve to be where they are, and and they do, right? Because you can only play the teams that are in front of you. But Jack mm-hmm. sort of dropped some huge news on us here in the chat that it looks like that Coughlin is out on Thursday, right? So that's a huge spot for Brian Wilkin to play in net. And the drop-off isn't super there with Wilkin, right, in terms of shot-stopping, right, because he's he's as good as a shot-stopper. As Andrew, they lose they lose a little bit with feet play there, with, with um, player um, mm-hmm. playing the ball back to, to Wilkin. So, um, and as Brad said, you know, Andrew's been lights out all season been lights out for two seasons right so um you know i i think we're gonna know we're gonna we're, i think utica is gonna fall you know um and, and we're gonna have this conversation on january 2nd uh february 2nd and and we're gonna know sort of you know we're, we're gonna know that where those holes are in the team um as for texas i've been on the bandwagon from the start so of course they're for real <laughs> right but I, I i can say that you know the the Chihuahua game in which they lost, I sort of throw out right now. That now that's only leaves really the Dallas one, which you know was sort of they were chum for Dallas, and they probably shouldn't have lost that game. Really, if 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 they want to be contenders in the West, they have to beat mm-hmm. Dallas, no matter the conditions, no matter um, you know where they're coming from, and, and the players will probably tell you that too, right? Like I, I'm sure they want to beat Dallas every time. They play them. They've been really impressive. The win at home against Milwaukee this weekend was was really impressive because for me that was the game of the year so far, right? I mean, they they were they were trading blows back and forth. Both teams had the lead. Both teams had the lead late too, right? Um, And really, you know, I I think for Texas so far, the big signings that they've made in the off season that we talked about, Vinny Dante scored two huge goals for them to give them the lead. And Uzi Tai has been really good too for Texas, you know, and, and we had concerns about if he had any legs left or anything, he's been really good and he's been chipping in goals too, which is not really part of his game. Um, he's right. there to sort of shut down the, the, the main players on the other team. Well, look at the main players from Milwaukee. From that game, right? You know, it's it's too it's too simplistic to say that Uzi did everything. I'm giving him too much credit there for sure. But so far, everything's worked out for them. Now they just have to get over that hump. You know, last year they were they caught the injury bug and they really went into the tank midseason. Um, if they can be consistent, yeah, of course they're for real. Yeah, I mean that 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 game on 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 Sunday or sorry Saturday was was very fun to watch. Uh, fun fun statistics. That was one of their lowest output game as far as shots on goals um, this season. Whether that's up to Milwaukee's defense or not, it's interesting. But uh, they they did hustle to get they did they did grind out that game to get that result. A lot of fun right, to watch. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move over to the West. And I feel like we talk about this team like they are the the team. They are the team, and they prove it every time. But though last season they had an amazing regular season and then crashed out in the playoffs, and that's the one and only San Diego Soccer's. Is there someone out there? Is the Chihuahua that's currently out there could be the, the team to stop them, or is there any team that can stop them in the West? Brad, let's start with you. Um, 
Yes, there's a, there's there's some teams that could stop them out in the, out in the West. Um, I do think they're they're the team to beat in the West. Um, you know, Chihuahuas are defending champions. They've kind of slipped a little here early. Um, am I counting them out? Not by any means. Not by any means. Um, they can still make a run and make it difficult on San Diego um, for sure. Um, that being said, um, I think it's San Diego's to lose at this point. Um, you know, the, the losses to Monterey from Chihuahua, uh, kind of uncharacteristic for them early on in the season here. Uh, they've had a pretty long break here, so we'll see how they come out here in the new year. Um, but again, I think it's San Diego's division to lose, but do I think anyone can stop them? Yes. I think Chihuahua still has the talent to make a run in the West. But who, who are they playing when they come out, Brad? Chihuahua. Uh, who, let's who they got this. Who they have this Chihuahua. week? Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Oh, they got Monterey. They got, they got Monterey right. twice this week. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, then this... San Diego plays the Outlaws on Sunday. So I think, and that's a huge test for the Outlaws, right? Like it's going to be that's a massive game. And and if you watch any game this weekend, like appointment TV for that one for sure, right? Because the Outlaws. At home, they beat San Diego last year and, you know, gave them a – I'm going to throw the playoffs out. I won't even discuss the playoffs. The playoffs were, you know, a different scenario. My my problem with Chihuahua is they have their sort of unorthodox schedule, right? They're only played four games, two of those against Monterey. They play another Monterey. You know, they, they're going to the, – the two Mexican teams are just going to beat up on each other all year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I, – I, I don't think we sort of – properly took that into consideration in the beginning of the year and maybe i'm over sort of reacting to that now but look at some of the stats on some of their better players right um papa hernandez has one point in four games you know enrique canez has two points in four games brian macias has three points in four games so these are their big players right and hugo puentes who we all tipped to be you know, one of mm-hmm. the top players in the league this year has only got three goals and three assists, which to put it into the context of, you know, what Morales is doing and what Mendez yeah. is doing and what Reggett is doing. And, you know, I mean, that's you want your star players need to sort of really show up. I And I don't I don't think the Brazilians they signed um, are really sort of, Mm-mm. you know, showing out. Um so I, it's not, yeah. it's not, I think just, I, I, I turned the question into a Chihuahua question. Can anyone stop the soccer's out West? No, that's my simple answer. Yeah. A quick point on, on Chihuahua. I think their best new signing has been Javier Gallegos, who they got from, from the M2 team, um, Atletico, Baja Atletico, sorry. And the Brazilians haven't done anything for them. Uh, and, it, and as far as, as, as San Diego here, there is a big piece of news announced today uh, through LA Times, and that's about the Empire Strikers announcing, or they haven't officially announced it, but in the article they announced that Miguel Ángel Ponce, who is a phenomenal striker, he played for um, the Mexican national team. He's a solid player. Quick fact about him, no visa issues there or concerns, as he is American-born but decided to play for Mexico. So 
But, you know, he's played with Guadalajara, Toluca, Necaxa, all uh, Liga MX team. Bringing that kind of player, though we always question the outdoor player coming into the indoor player, does that add any level of, okay, maybe they're trying to build something so that they can stop San Diego? Or is it just another player? Just another player. Uh, Brad? Yeah. Empire is more than two players away from beating the Soccers for the Western Division title. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know what other analysis you want. That whole team flipped over, right? No, true. So, you know, Marco Fabian has scored a couple goals, and sure, you know, it's been great for the view numbers, right? But, like, mm-hmm. You know, it it's they they had a difficult time with Tacoma at home. Um, you know, they, and things are starting to get desperate too for Empire, right? Miatovich sort of moved to Target, which he's been there before. Um, you know, played there in 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 St. Louis, I think he played a little bit of Target. He didn't. He never played there in Utica. Um, but you know, Sorry, um, you know, so. So things are sort of, you know, the, the panic button a little bit is being pushed in Empire, moving pieces around it. And Miatovic scored two goals, right? And 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 there were two pretty goals too at that. But you know, we're we're not just we're, we're not putting a band-aid on the pipe, we're replacing the whole pipe in Empire. And it's gonna take time. And none of these, you know, flash signings are going to really, you know. Fabian has scored goals because he's a really bleeping good soccer player, not because he's known the in and outs of indoor. Um, you know, so that, you know, the guy that you came, you know, that you talked about, um, you know, he'll probably score a couple goals, but it's going to be that, you know, miss shift or it's going to be that slow line change or misread off the boards that's going to turn into a goal because, you know, Craig Childs or, or Nick Pereira or, you know, one of the Chihuahua guys knows exactly where that read is coming from, and boom, it's in the back of the net. And yeah. real quick, I don't, I don't want people to misinterpret what I said about Empire like I'm bashing them or anything. <laughs> Look, they, they got the, what they're trying to do is very difficult, right? And it takes time. New coaching staff, basically a whole new team, right? Um, it, it, it's going to take some time. Um, yes, bringing in uh, these guys will improve them absolutely. But are they going to fight for a Western Conference Championship this year? I think it's just unrealistic. It's crazy because I'm sitting here looking at the soccer's schedule. They play Texas this this weekend. Then they go back to play um, Tacoma, then Chihuahua, then Empire, Tacoma, and or sorry, um, Ambush, and so on. And not one of those games. I'm like, okay, they might lose this one. It's crazy. I, I think it's not until they maybe struggle with Casey, maybe. But Chihuahua doesn't isn't that Chihuahua of last year. It, it's yeah. I don't know. I think to, have you I, seen Casey's next six games? We did it very briefly on MASL Monday. Casey's next six games they're, they're is fact is is a is a f word gauntlet. Yeah. yeah. Like it's insane. Yeah. You and know? then I mean they have to turn around and do something similar to that in February. It's almost like it's all set up 
for Milwaukee to kind of rise in the East, right? Oh, because Utica is going to go through their gauntlet <laughs> of January. KC is going through this, you know, ridiculous stretch of games. Monterey has to play Chihuahua what feels like 600 times, you know, six times, six times. <laughs> it's, it's all set up. It's all set up for Milwaukee to kind of, you know, claw back some points. I don't know because, yeah, I mean, you, Kansas City does get Harrisburg, right? They do get a week in Baltimore. I mean, so does Milwaukee. That's true. Yeah, it's it's a tough schedule for Casey, and I I don't think Milwaukee's going to rise up. I don't it's think an so. insane schedule. Didn't didn't you see the opening, Phil? Milwaukee's not rising up. Come on, Gio, Gio already said it. <laughs> No, I, I have I have stats that so here's 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 Milwaukee's next five. Utica at home, Harrisburg at home, at St. Louis, Dallas at home twice. Jeez. That's a that's a good point there, Phil. They gotta get their mojo going though. They gotta get they do have to get their mojo going. And those are the perfect games to get their mojo going. Yeah. Those are those are perfect games to fix all the L's and all the issues, but it's still super weird that their first halves have been diabolical, you know, yeah. like they just, they don't put the ball in the back of the net. We, we watched intently that Dallas game, um, Nothing. you know, and they controlled the, the play for that entire first half. And, you know, Gamboa made a bunch of saves, but it, they weren't super testy saves right now. Then they sort of, you know, they, 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 they indoored them, right. The bounce off right. the boards here and, you know, and then sort of a transition that was open. So, you know, it was, it was a convincing win, but it wasn't a five-star performance win. Um, you See, know, that's what I'm saying. I, I think Milwaukee played much, much better in, in Mesquite. They just ran into a really good team. Um, and I, and I think Willie would sort of want those Dantas goals back. Um, yeah, there were a few leakers for sure. Yeah, but sure. yeah, I I know. So I wanted to get into a conversation about who will win in the East or who's going to win in the East, but we're kind of already talking about this, and I I kind of want to stay on Milwaukee because I I don't think Milwaukee's going to win the East by any means, or I don't I don't think be so, the either. ones that walk into the championship. I mean, like you said, Phil, look that that Dallas game. Obviously, I was wrong, right? They won the game, but they only won half the game. They their their first two quarters weren't spectacular. That was Willie B's best performance as far as save percentages go. In or sorry, second best in the season. It was I think it was like an eighty three, right? Well, but Dallas save percentage, without... quality of chances, like of course. There's more nuance to that than just the of, course. It's of course. Of like course, saying yeah. the defender of the year has the most blocks. Well, no, that's what I was gonna say. This was Dallas's lowest. This is Dallas's lowest output this whole season. They only had fourteen shots on goal. Yeah, only fourteen, which is it's terrible. I mean, it's four quarters of indoor football. I mean, indoor soccer. Like you can say football. We're multilingual yeah. here. You there? Well, I was gonna say football rapio, but uh, uh, it's what that means same thing. It's 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 crazy that you only had 14 shots on goal and yet you still. I, I just I even though they won they still didn't convince me, and and the Texas in the Texas 
Texas game. That was a great game. It was just a great game from both teams. But I, I'm not buying Milwaukee, even though I was wrong this weekend. I'm still not buying them. I'm going to start calling it Calcino just to make a new word up. Brad, who do you think is going to win the East? I think we're going to have a good race between Monterey and Kansas City. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm kind of stating the obvious, at least at this point. Um, both teams are playing really, really well. Uh, again, as, as Phil brought up, Monterey's got, you know, some tough games coming up. You know, some some back-to-backs with Chihuahua. Kansas City's got some re- a really tough month coming up. So, you know, we've said it already in this episode about, you know, looking at Utica at the end of this month. We're going to see a lot by the end of this month, you know, in regards to many, many teams. So, yeah, um, I think it's I think it comes down to Monterey and Kansas City. Um, and again, I think, you know, how many games can Monterey steal from Chihuahua um, could be a deciding factor on whether they win that East or not. Phil, who's Kansas City's going to win the East. That was quick. <laughs> Is it because Berto's in the chat? <laughs> no, I mean, Berto already knows I've been wrong on his team for a long, <laughs> long time. But I think once Monterey gets into their schedule a little bit, there's a lot more Western Conference teams yeah. that they have to play. Um, and, and and you know, there's – oh, man, I see Tacoma on their schedule a bunch. I see Chihuahua on their schedule a bunch. I see the Outlaws that they have to play in Mesquite, right? So travel for Monterey is always going to be a problem for them, who they can bring, who they want. It is a very long season, as Berto says into the chat. Uh, and this month is going to be, you know, the golf term moving day, Brad, I imagine, you know, that term geo. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know which day moving day is geo? I'm going to say Saturday. Whoa, it is. Yeah. Nice. It is. I actually kind of watch a little golf. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. So I think, I think January is a moving day month. Right. I think, you know, the deck is going to be shuffled and all of these sort of early season questions that the three of us have been sort of gas bagging on for the you know past couple of months um, are really going to sort themselves out. I just I think that the deepest team, having seen six games from Utica, seven games from Kansas City, six games from Milwaukee, six games from Baltimore, I think the deepest team is Kansas City. Um, they're, they have young players too, who are contributing and the secondary scoring is on fire that St. Louis ambush, that first game Berto, um, in cable Dahmer, that was a scrappy game that they won playing a different style. They won playing on the reset game, right? That was John Sosa's game to shine because, you know, every goal went through his right foot. It's my, fantasy, my fantasy guy. About yeah. That. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think when all is said and done and the dust settles, I think your Eastern Conference winners are the Kansas City Comets. So I, I, I know this team isn't going to win win the East, but I, I would like to talk a little bit about the St. Louis ambush, right? They they played two games this weekend, uh, back-to-back on the I-70 against Kansas City, mm-hmm. one at Cable Dama Arena, which you mentioned. Uh, Phil, it was a, a 6-4 win to uh, Kansas City. Then they went to Family Arena, and Kansas City won 6-5. Ambush. They can play. They can play. 
Can we see this team taking points away, potentially sneaking into the playoffs? No. You want to say at the same time, Brad? <laughs> no. Why not? I mean, we're talking about we're talking about Kansas City as the winner, right? And every time they've played Kansas City, it, except the very first game, they they've taken them, they've pushed them. So we're talking about Baltimore, who isn't a solid team. We're talking about Harrisburg who's not playing well. We're talking about a questionable Utica team. Well, we're looking at a team that's putting themselves up against the crowned East Coast team and playing them very well. Well, I think when you look at the Kansas City-St. Louis rivalry, you got to look at they're always – they always play each other tough. They're very familiar with each other. Um, and those games just really seem to be uh, – Maybe I don't want to say much closer than they should be, but they're always very, very competitive games. Um, look, there. Uh, no, again, no disrespect to St. Louis. They got some players that I really, really love on that team, um, but they're not. They're not getting in the East above a Monterey, a Kansas City, a Utica at this point. Um, you know, uh, a Milwaukee. Uh, I mean, it's just. I just don't see that happening. So it's funny, right? You want to talk about teams to bring in star outdoor players. Mm -hmm. St. Louis, which the entire city claims the entire sport of soccer, right? We are the soccer city of America, blah, 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 all of this. <laughs> what? Well, because I don't agree with any of it, but they claim it. Um, what team, what city can pull from this rich history of soccer more than St. Louis? St. Louis needs a star. St. Louis needs somebody to come up and sort of, you know, put butts in seats, get the spotlights on St. Louis. What did I call, what did I call St. Louis at the start of the year, guys? Newcastle. Oh, first off, how dare you? Kelsey, I called him Fulham. Fulham, I, that's who it was. I called him Fulham. I was thinking Newcastle before because the the financial the, takeover. No, oh, come on, man! And Brad's already trolling me with his Liverpool shirt on, and now you have to. Oh, anywho, um, hey, hey what the Texas Outlaws in the chat? How you doing? I, I'm I'm assuming that's Brad, but maybe not. <laughs> you know ahead, what Phil, what sorry. what team what team needs a star more than st louis I yeah mean, it'd, be, it'd be great for him yeah yeah you know it, it i mean it is that i mean skylar funk i think is going to be a huge player for them in the future or, or as he develops but they need like a, a ready to go now star but yeah yeah, yeah i mean look, look they got they have goalkeeping right uh they have you know sk and barry and, and and some other pieces, um, I, I just don't think they have enough talent to match the top teams in the East to to get into the playoffs. I, I just don't see it happening. Barry's got one goal in five games this year. St. Louis has two players in double digits in points, right? Is it Utica has, Utica has four, right? Yeah. Kansas City has three, but they've got scoring depth out 
the wazoo, right? Monterey, yeah. you know, they probably have a bunch of I don't I don't have Monterey stats up here. I can look real quick. You know, let's drama for the speed of the internet, but they had a 22-5 game against Dallas, right? So their stats are a little inflated and what yeah. have you. They they there's not enough depth on that St. Louis team. Believe it or not, only one player on Monterey is in double digits at this point. Yeah, they're just it's a well-rounded team. But but my point is, is that St. Louis, you know, they're just right now, they're just a little team that can. And for them to sort of really make a playoff push, they need a star. They need someone up front there. And, yeah. and you, also, you, you, you also have to take into consideration, right? The East has an extra team, yeah, right? So you have seven teams fighting for four spots now. So that makes it even more difficult. Texas, you know, this, you missed this, when we were talking this, about the, you. You missed just the whole scroll section. back, Texas. We did like just 15 minutes. We did. We were praising we were, Texas we were, earlier in the show. We were singing your praises. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's move. Doc, let's right. Move. Sorry, go ahead. No, Doc's right in the chat, but he doesn't need to know he's right. No, but I mean, they because they were the last team. Them in Harrisburg, I think, were the last teams to – pump in these, <laughs> this crap this crop of new <laughs> stars of the MASL, right? Stinson came out of there, Zach Rega came out of yeah, there. Rega came out of there, yeah. Yeah, like they're they had such a young, talented crew that just broke up. Same thing with Harrisburg, right? So let's talk about these these new the new crop of stars in the MASL, right? Are I'm we going to change for half a second because of the outlaw? Oh, go for it. I I couldn't even begin to tell you how to cattle ranch or what to do with. Do you remember when Paris Hilton had that show and it was like, let's yeah. put Paris on a farm, and it was like hijinks ensues because Paris doesn't know how to milk a cow. I I couldn't tell you one thing about milking. I couldn't tell you one thing about livestock. I have no idea. Well, well, that's, why you, live in, that's you know. why you live in Utica, not Mesquite. But even even Utica is like has farms. Like I couldn't tell you one thing about like what cows eat. I imagine it's hay or grass. Sure, I don't know how to milk a cow. I don't know the process of milking a cow. I I I've never been on a horse, so I don't like. I don't know any of this stuff either. <laughs> But they they also play indoor. They do, yeah, and they're good at it. They're really good at it. No idea. The whole farming right, talk... thing is is is, is it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> Bill cracks me up. All right, let's talk about these this 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 changing of the guard because I I think I'm starting to see it right. Uh, where where we see three young guys in Texas, right? We we can't stop talking about them. It's Morales, uh, Sebastian Mendez, and uh, David Ortiz, right? They, they've been solid for them. Then we have Zach Reggett, right? Solid player. We have the new, I think is going to be a huge player for Kansas City, is going to be Leo Acosta, right? He had a great weekend. We're, now we're going to talk about Scholar Funk in, in St. Louis. I think there are so much new young players. Well, I shouldn't say new, but players that are still young and have spent a few years in the league or new to the year to the league and are creating noise. Is this a change of the guard? I love I th- it. 
I think it's a it's definitely an exciting time to see some younger players. Um, and it's really um making you look at some other teams, right? Uh you know, Phil's team up there in Utica. I think it's great you're seeing, you know, everyone thought beginning of the season, well, you're gonna see, you know, Gerson scoring all the goals, you're gonna see Frank scoring all the goals, but not, you know, you're seeing all these younger guys, you know, they're getting these scoring from these younger guys. Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho, um, uh, Phil uh, Wood is one of the guys, right? Keaton Woods Milton. is one. There's Nilton yeah. DeAndrade is yeah, another DeAndrade. one. Really, really shown last year when Ronaldinho couldn't make teams last year, and now he's leading yeah. the team in points. Yeah. So, you know, you got those young guys in, in Utica. Obviously, you talked about the young guys in Texas, which is is, is fantastic to see. Um, you brought up Scholar Funk at St. Louis. You know, he got some playing time down there in Florida for a little bit, and now getting some time uh, in, in St. Louis. Obviously, you know, you brought up Zach Reckett. I, I don't necessarily see him as a young guy. I mean, he's not an older guy, obviously, but um, is that? he's kind of, been, kind of been there, done that uh, for a little bit now. Um, so it, it's great to see these young guys. Um, you know, for me this year, he had a great season last year, but, you know, we have Texas Outlaws in the chat. So uh, what Morales is doing has just been freaking fantastic, man. He's He is just playing out of his mind. If, if he can continue this, I don't think – you know, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm not going out on a limb here that he will definitely be in uh, MVP consideration. I love it. I love it because as somebody who has to talk about this league way too much every week, um, to not have to talk about the players that we've been talking about for the previous three, four years is a breath of, of fresh air is life is, is new energy. You know, it's sort of, it's not the same old year in year out, you know, and, and, and to talk about these players who are coming out of literally every team, you can identify a young star and be like, keep an eye on this guy. It's incumbent on the league to keep these players sort of in the league and sort of, you know, keep them happy and motivated to sort of want to play indoor. But you know what, if, if, if they graduate and play outdoor too, you know, it's, it's important to bring in the next crop of players who are young and exciting and hungry and want to make a career, you know, playing this game. So I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I, there's so many good soccer players in this, in this country and they come from mm -hmm. every which direction. So you know, it, it's it's incumbent on these teams to just sort of, you know, collect them all and and develop them and nurture them and and you know, sort of give them the tools to prosper. So three idiots like us can talk about them on podcasts like this. You know, it it's it's you know, Ian Bennett is 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 an amazing star and an amazing talent. Frank Tayu is one of the best players this league has ever seen. But it's it's just it's a lot more fun and exciting to talk about other players too um you know and these are all attackers too right like there's some awesome young goalkeepers too in the league um that we should recognize and, and you know so it it's 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 a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to talk about new and different players because you get to learn um different stories too for sure yeah that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Brad, and the reason I said Zach, he is kind of like a journeyman. He is, what, 28 now? There's a couple of those players that are like 
I guess you would call prime age that are finding their feet like Acosta oh, yeah. uh, in what Gabriel is Costa. What is prime age in indoor though? Like that's a great question. That is a good I'm, question. I'm assuming late twenties, early thirties. I'm gonna. I'm, it might even be even later. You know. You think so? Yeah, well, I think so. So then, young players, as I said, yeah. <laughs> Zach is still a young player. Thank you for my point, Phil. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I, I don't know. I just I, it's fun. It, you know, it sort of it, 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 less veteran players, right? There you, you go. Know? There you go. All right, we're gonna jump into the next section of our show for the night, and that is because it is a new year and every new year brings sets of predictions goals or what have you we're going to do a little of predictions of our own for 2024 bill do you want to start with this yeah sure why not my predictions for 2024 are well san diego is going to win the west and not everyone has to do it this way right san diego is going to win the west kansas city is going to win the east um Zach Reggett's going to win MVP. Um, I think we're going to see sort of, you know, the real changing of the guard in terms of players and and stars in the league. I think the league is going to get more exposure around the soccer world. I think we're going to see more eyeballs on our game. And I think, you know, as much as we like to talk about, you know, the visas and the Twitch and the negatives and things like that, you know, everything is sort of primed and set up for the league to sort of really grab the rocket ship. And, and I think 2024 is going to be a, a, a big year for the league, for sure. Brad, that's that's hard to follow up. <laughs> it is, because I agree with most of what uh, Phil said. You know, I, I again, I think uh, San Diego wins the West. I think it was, like I said earlier, it's going to be a good run between Monterey and Kansas City, but I, I think I do see Kansas City winning the East as well. Um, Zach Reggett's a great shout for MVP. I am going to uh, I'm gonna go with uh, – um, hmm. uh, I'm going to go with Morales in uh, Texas. Go a little, a little off the – off the board there. I mean, he's playing great um, now, but um, for, for an MVP call and um, yeah, I, I just want, um, I want the league to grow and just, I want more people to be able to enjoy the sport. Right. Um, I mean, we all do this because we love the sport. Um, I've been around the sport longer than I'd like to admit. Um, so it's near and dear to my heart. Um, and I just, I would just want it to grow and flourish. And, you know, the, the old kind of adage of, you know, once a person sees an indoor game, you know, they're, they're hooked, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, Phil, you're a hockey guy, you know, when you take someone to it live to a hockey game, that's it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's it. So kind of same thing for indoor. Um, and, and I just want to see, you know, to see the league prosper here in the new year and um, have a great Ron Newman uh, finals. Yeah. I'm, my, my predictions are going to be, be straight. They're going to be, obviously I was wrong about Tacoma because San Diego is just wiping the board with them. Uh, so to, uh, San Diego wins the West. Kansas city wins the East. Kansas city wins the Ron Newman cup. Ooh, wow. Boom. 
there. Uh, MVP, man, that's tough. I, I, I love the way Zach is playing. I love the way Morales is playing. But there's just so many players to choose from. But I, yeah. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to say, um, Zach Raggett for MVP. He's just he's just having a year. And I mean, anytime this guy's on the ball, he's a menace, <laughs> which is fun to watch. I just want to say, you know, before we sort of close up shop too, right? Because obviously we have you know teams and players listening to this and watching this. Get yourselves out, you know, teams, if you're listening to this, get these guys out in front of media, in front of fans, in front of, you know, and get people to watch the games. Because as Brad said, once you go to a game, you're going to be hooked on the sport, right? So make sure the teams, this is on the teams, right, to get their guys and push their guys, right? We Everyone has a social media account now. Everyone's got a YouTube. Everyone's got Twitter and Instagram, Push your guys, put rocket ships on these guys, right? Put their faces out there, you know, and get people to come to games. Yeah, I, I think that that's one of my predictions too, is this this league for is getting a lot of attention recently, and I think that's only going to continue to grow this year. But like Phil says, we need the teams and the players to be super active, whether it's, you know, social media whether it's in the public community events i know baltimore used to do it a lot where they used to go to schools and do community events like i would love to see some of that stuff come back so this year is the year of growth i think that's what i'm gonna go with Amen. Uh, so for thursday <laughs> we're undecided thursday is a huge game thursday is yeah. a huge huge game in the east and it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun to watch. We had some news break on our show before um, about Utica's guarding goalkeeper going to miss the game, right? So that's going to be a big sort of, you know, uh, effect on, on the game and results. And, and you know, it, it's we do Thursday nights here. I hope we can do some Thursday night, um, you know, watching along. Maybe we can, maybe we can't. I know, I know I'm a little tied up until about 8.30 Eastern on, on – <laughs> thursday so you know maybe we pop in for the fourth quarter i don't know we'll figure it out look maybe it's just a half 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 game watch along there was nothing wrong with that maybe no. it's just the fourth quarter you know maybe we talk yeah, about yeah. it you know we talk about it and then we preview the games it's all good we'll, we'll definitely keep everyone posted and for those that don't know what we're talking about thursday there's a game it's can oh sorry i'll say kansas city <laughs> utica city versus Milwaukee Wave uh in the Panther Arena, right? And it yes. is at 7:35 Eastern, remember? Always Eastern. And God's probably... time zone. Oh no. <laughs> He's always trying to stir this. Texas is here. He they're going to get upset. <laughs> but how you doing, bud? Appreciate you being in the chat. So yes, uh, so this game is is huge. It's it's important as far as standings. It's important as far as what we think about these teams because both of these teams, I think, have question marks on them. So I think it's going to be a good game to to watch along. Any predictions on these games before we we close out here? Yeah, uh, with the with that breaking news we heard tonight. Um, like I said, Coughlin has been massive. He is he is. Kept them in some games, made some really, really big saves. He's been fantastic. Uh, Utica is going to lose their first game uh, Thursday night. 
Yeah, I think so too. I I don't know Gordy's status, right? He's been running around the Utica field, right? They probably sort of held him back. I I, I have no information, but I wouldn't be shocked if he played in in Milwaukee. Utica's never won in Milwaukee, and guys, I don't want to alarm you, but we could be living in a world where Derek Huffman's the most important piece of Milwaukee Waves offense. He missed the whole weekend, and I hope he plays on Thursday because I imagine he'd be licking his chops to play against that Utica defense, a team that he traditionally has no problem scoring goals on. So, you know, I, I think Milwaukee wins. I think it's going to be a close game, maybe 6-4. Those games are always close, right? But Utica has always sort of been chasing those games. They never really jump out to that advantage. I'll hit you with a stat before we part. The highest scoring team in the first quarter versus the least scoring team in the first quarter. So. It's going to be fun. Our fourth quarter watch along might be for Manat, right? Yeah. Could but, be everybody. Mm -hmm. You know. But it'd be fun to watch along. I mean, Milwaukee's <laughs> got, Milwaukee's got to contain that, high, you know, a, a fast Utica start, right? And they got to get their, their butts in gear early because if they don't, then they're going to be playing from behind the whole game, right? Because that's Utica's calling card has been yeah. scoring quickly. And and as we talked about, you know, Milwaukee's been tough to get out of the gates. I think we just made history uh, as this might be the first time all three of us are in agreement on a result. So, sorry, nice. Utica. At least Utica has Texas behind them. <laughs> Everyone, have yourself a good night. If you're not subscribed, make sure you do hit that share, uh, hit the bell icon, and help us keep growing. Everyone, have yourself a good one. We will see you all on Thursday for at least the fourth quarter watch along. I have no idea what Bucky's is. <laughs>